You're going to want to vaccinate for this one. It's Mikey J on KGUP Presents. Mothers, lock up your daughters. It's time to see Mikey J. Mikey J. Are you fucking with me? We're dealing with one sick son of a bitch. Mikey J, and you're watching season three of KGUP Presents. This episode is number five, and actually, this is our 25th episode overall. I guess you can call it a milestone. If you've been watching and listening since we launched this program back in 2018, thank you for your patronage. And if you like the show and you want to support it, go ahead and get a T-shirt. In fact, I'm wearing a new one right now, so you can see it in the in the screen. Yeah, so I had it made specially for Pride Month. So, you know, for all our friends that are out there with supporting LGBT, do that with uh, KGUP. And um, right now, we're, we also have hats and we have a sling bag. And currently, we're running a special on t shirts. So, grab the Pride Month edition for only 13 bucks. You can go to kgup1065.com forward slash shop. And today's show, we have the amazingly talented singer-songwriter and published author. You might recognize her song playing on KGUP-FM Emerge Radio called You're So Blurry. And that song is a part of her soundtrack, which is also a part of her book called Building You Up, which brings us to the title of, well, is actually the title of her album as well. I don't want to give away too much of her book because we're going to talk about it but it's, a, it's about a young girl who's dealing with depression and the complexities of life. It's also a story about learning what love is. And also, as we all know, um, you know, love is challenging. It can be hard, especially when you're young, but it's a necessary part of life. But when you're at that age, you don't really realize what you're experiencing and it's very difficult. And with that said, I'd like to introduce our featured guest. So KGUP presents Miss Alex Aller. How you doing Hi. today? Good. Thank you for having me today. Awesome. So uh, how's your day going so far? It's going pretty good. It's hot here in LA, so it always gets the creative juices flowing. I was just cutting some vocals <laughs> for oh, some nice. new music, and I'm thinking about having a third cup of coffee, but I'm restraining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know how you feel. I, I, I was feeling like, oh man, I had all this energy because you were coming on, and then I was like, starting to feel calm and i'm like oh my god i don't have time to make coffee 
I know, same. <laughs> yeah. Maybe after so, the show. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up and uh, where do you live now? I mean, well, you just said LA. Yeah, yeah. So I'm based in LA right now. I moved here about like two and a half years ago, but I'm originally from Queens, New York. So I am, I kind of grew up around like the Woodside, Sunnyside area, but I moved a lot when I was younger, just because the kind of nature of renting in New York City is you always, you know, your lease is up <laughs> pretty often. Yeah. So that's where I grew up. Very different than LA, which makes me appreciate both places <laughs> very much. Stinks they're so far away from yeah. one another. I'm sure it's pretty hot over there as well, because it, it can get pretty humid and, and hot up in Queens, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's nowhere hotter than like a New York City subway. I'm convinced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're a published author. How exciting. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm really curious. What what did you think it was more challenging? Putting together your your album or, or do you think like publishing the book was just as hard or? What do you um, I think that. Putting the book out was probably more difficult because it was uncharted territory for me at the time. It was very daunting. Um, the idea of putting out a book, editing it, finding the cover design, um, figuring out the best way to integrate it into the project, but also just like the imposter syndrome of wanting to be an author and already kind of feeling a little bit locked into your medium as an artist. So. I think I probably delayed my own process pretty significantly with just like doubts and whatnot. But now that it's done, I'm like, oh man, what took me so long? <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see that it might be a little more difficult because, you know, there's more music artists doing their own work versus, I mean, there's writers that are out there that are publishing their own stuff, but I, I feel mm -hmm. like there's more instruction on being a music artist versus like being a writer where it's like right. you almost have no direction at all you know <laughs> yeah well i it's funny you know the book industry is really old of course you know yeah. books have been around long before streaming services and record labels <laughs> so the process of putting out a book traditionally um is really seems to be the only way to do it at first mm -hmm. and it's not at least today it's not there's a lot of other options on self-publishing or even just like printing but it took a lot of homework to figure that out um, because you're also dealing with a much grander piece of intellectual property than yeah. music so you really have to figure out the best way to do it because you know, I mean, a song will stay up, but there is something a little bit more permanent about like the paper and ink of a book and wanting it to be um, perfect is for me a lot different than wanting like the music to be perfect because I don't know, they're separate. And I guess you could hear a song and if I love it, I'm like, oh, it's fine. You know, if somebody else doesn't like it because is subjective, but books in a way feel a little bit less subjective, <laughs> you know, because yeah. it's really like a second organ that you put into a book. So you want to make sure that it's like in its absolute perfect form before you put it out there. And there are no instructions on that. So <laughs> yeah. they're just, uh, they're kind of just like, oh, go to self, you know, a traditional publishing route, find an agent, 
But just like the music world, the book world is changing pretty fast too. And I think it's modernizing um, in the ways that it can, in the ways that it knows how to. So I think that um, sooner we'll be seeing a lot more people putting out their work but right now it's that weird lull of um, when, you know, musicians were in that independent phase and handing out like their CDs, right? There weren't street streaming services yet <laughs> to do that. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm handing out my CD <laughs> to people. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So what inspired you to write Building You Up? Yeah, walk us through that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I had always written long form since I was a teenager. And I think that I found the most joy in it when I was younger because um, it was this unloading of emotions when you're going through like a hard time as a teenager, experiencing really abstract emotions. And I just fell in love with the, um, the long form writing method. So I had written a couple of like terrible books, half books, you know, hid them away for no one to see. Yeah. And then I kind of went down the music route for a while. And I remember saying to myself more or less like that the day I started writing it, I was like, oh, I'm just bored. Let me see what comes out. And I always like write the title of a book before I write anything else. So I titled the book. I was like, oh, it's a cool thing. And I was like kind of writing in this voice and it kind of just happened first chapter or so and then later that day I was learning guitars in the process of learning guitar acoustic and I remember I took building you building you up that line and like wrote a song from it and I just had this really big aha moment that like maybe my route isn't going to be as um steadfast and clear <laughs> as the average musicians and that's when I basically realized that I wanted to write um the book in itself with an album and the idea of writing it on mental health was kind of an accident because mm. I think that I was writing I mean I knew what I was writing it was like a teenage girl um but it just came out very naturally and I think it was because I might have been in my early 20s when I started writing it and it must have been because I was maybe processing things as from my teenage years and you know putting it in there as a means of like catharsis in some way and then it just became what it was and then once I realized I was like oh this is a book about this <laughs> and then you know you start crafting it but it is this very long process of like you kind of let the book unravel and then you pinpoint exactly like what messages you want it to be on and it wasn't until like about a couple of chapters in that I realized that the book was about mental health and even just like the voice the way that the person is speaking and from the place that the person is speaking they don't know it's about mental health of course so how would i yeah. know until until i really like start reading the book and reading it back and whatnot so this is a long-winded answer but honestly it was, that's it was kind of a process of figuring it out myself so well I, mean, I love your answer i mean i love that it's long and like descriptive and you know the the name does kind of i mean if you think about it and you know that the book is about mental health then you know building you up is you know it's kind of like it, it's you're not just only building up yourself, but you're helping others build up from that that state of emotion. You know, I mean, when you're a teenager, I mean, everything just feels chaotic and you have 
you don't even know what you you don't even really understand what you're feeling so right exactly yeah. which is why it was hard actually in the beginning i was like maybe i'm writing a book about an angsty girl or something or maybe i'm writing a book about like a a mystery murder i don't know it's like it really only happens <laughs> a couple of chapters in when i was like oh this book is about somebody who is dealing with a hole in their life you know but i definitely think the title I guess I should have known right there and then when I wrote the title that it would be about mental health. It is very telling, but um, yeah, I guess I can't even imagine what else the book would be called. Honestly, it's so funny to think about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to ask you what you know um, how it came about, but you kind of explained it how you wrote a song and then you decided you wanted to write a book, and it was kind of like an expansion of it. I mean, I mean, you know, songs are like miniature stories in itself. Yeah. And if you have more to say, why, you know, why not, you know, some people create a whole album where well, you've done both. You wrote an album and you wrote a book. So it's pretty yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting because I do think that each song has like the capability of telling an entirely different story. That's like about a different book. maybe. Um, yeah. Some of them are very specific to the book and then some of them really feel like, you know, just like any song that passes you by, you're going to insert yourself into it. So I was kind of hoping that if people read the book, they'd be able to insert the characters in that same way as much so, as themselves. Yeah. So how's the book done better than you expected? Expected Because I, I noticed that you had to order another set of uh, books to sell. Yeah, it actually has. I was surprised to see how many um, music people and um, listeners on the music end actually did want to buy the book. Mm -hmm. um, and I always kind of knew that the project as primarily musician would be the kind of project that was for like the deep cut lovers in life. You know, people who like an artist and they want to know what the song is about and they want to hear the album and they want to know, you know, when they're performing and, you know, they're looking for all those kind of little gems. So I always thought like, oh, maybe a couple of listeners will buy the book because they like the music enough. But most people that I interacted with on like Instagram, mm -hmm. almost all of them, like at least inquired about it or seemed to engage in the content. Um, so it's good. Yeah, I just ordered a second batch with a new cover, which is exciting. I have a cover right next to me. This is the new cover. <laughs> nice. And um, I, I kind of stepped it up a little bit. This is, one's going to be like a limited edition cover copy. Since it was like the official second batch, I thought I would do something special for it. Um, right. And I'm like obsessed with the cover because it's matte and it's really soft and it's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. It's cool. I'm so, like nerding out. <laughs> how, how do you feel would this book appeal to? I mean, what demographic would you consider it like, you know, going towards who would be attracted to it? Um, I think that the book would probably be best suited for, you know, the late teen to maybe like early 30s kind of person. It's pretty broad. And I only say that because it's not, um, it's not like a traditional, though I would classify it as YA fiction or contemporary fiction. Mm -hmm. It's not your classic kind of um, young story. There's very heavy material that addresses a lot of the real struggles that you deal with as a teenager that are not like, oh my God, they didn't call me back. You know, struggle, yeah. but rather, you know, family issues that, I mean, the only time that you're living with your parents in your life, most of the time, 
or maybe not. I mean, a lot of people still live with their parents, especially during the pandemic, but the time where you're kind of like learning how to be a person and learning who your parents are, it's kind of like shell shock. And that's when you're a teenager, when you're not necessarily equipped to handle other people's emotions is the time where you are handling other people's emotions. And I think a lot of us have like, I mean, I don't want to say trauma, but definitely have some like scar tissue from being a teenager, whether that was like losing someone at a time where you kind of understood what it meant, you know, when you're a kid and you lose someone, you're young, you get it. But for some reason it hits harder when you're a teenager because you're more aware of what it actually means in the long-term implications. So the book has a big focus on grief, which can be really heavy, um, but it is heavy when you're a teenager. So why hide it? Or, you know, abuse issues or alcohol issues. Um, even like first love, learning how to love someone when you don't really know how to do it yourself, those things leave tender tissue in the person where you don't always do it right the first time. And you know, I think a lot of us carry some of our first loves into every relationship we've ever had. So sure. that's why I say it's, you know, teens to early thirties. I mean, really whenever, actually I went home, um, well, not home, my, um, my boyfriend's from Kenosha and we went to go see uh, his family and they are all so nice and supportive of the book and his aunt actually read the book and she really connected with it and I was like kind of shocked because she kept saying how much she really felt connected to this like 17 year old character and you know she's um, somewhat of an older woman and I, I never really considered I was like oh that could be a demographic but like I think most people have something to go back to and try to sort out from their teen years. Um, if you're being honest about things, what like what you really experience is like so many households are dealing with divorce, alcohol, substance issues, you know, losing people. Again, your first love being kind of traumatizing. Like those are all very real things teenagers go through and that you deal with later on in life. So I don't want to be like, it's for everyone, but it kind of is. <laughs> so yeah. it's like for, for anyone where, where any of those themes was something that you experienced when you were younger, even something like mental health issues, I think, and who hasn't, you know, it's just something that became so taboo and now it's kind of like glamorized by the media, but it's not glamorous at all. It's really annoying and painful when you're going through it. So I really think it's like if people want to go back to a time where they can put themselves and maybe rewrite their own perspective of their mm. youth, then it could be it could be for that person who's just trying to understand that lifetime a little bit better. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it, it, it's nothing. It's not a bad thing to be able to read something and revert to a, a time where you can relate, you know, and have a different right. perspective. So I mean, that's good that your aunt read it and was like, you know, gave you a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I also think most books in life could be for anyone, really. There are the people who only like historical fiction, you know, yeah, people who only totally. like YA. But I think if your heart is open to, you know, an idea, then most people can find something to enjoy in almost any book. That's how I kind of am. I'll, I'll, I, I've never really disliked a, a movie or book very strongly. I'm always like, huh. <laughs> I've never been there before. Interesting, noted. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's kind of my thing. <laughs> so I noticed that a, a couple of bookstores are starting to carry your your book now. Uh, yeah. Do you mind you mind naming a few of the stores or? 
Yeah, so the first one is called Book Soup, and that's in Los Angeles. And I haven't actually announced it yet, but um, the other one is going to be called Blue House Books in Wisconsin. Oh, wow. So that one's exciting. And then there will be one more that I can't talk about it, but it's also in L.A. Because um, it's not like totally locked in yet. But that one will be um, in a different neighborhood than Book Soup. Book Soup's in West Hollywood. So slowly but surely finding some bookstores to get yeah. that you know that independent book into so that's been fun the idea of like oh wow so someone random's gonna pick up my book and put it back <laughs> you know? or know. you know take it up to the register and maybe go oh i can't afford it this time you know what i mean yeah it's just all those little little human happenings i'm excited for those <laughs> well that's pretty exciting i mean hopefully you can get you know some kind of distribution or have you considered doing that so it's like all over the country and you can do like a book signing type thing. I would love that. Yeah. I mean, right now I'm looking for a literary agent that kind of understands me as an artist who like doesn't necessarily want, um, you know, a traditional author because I'm not really your average author, unfortunately, <laughs> but I am on, on the hunt and I'm hoping that that kind of dream literary agent will help me distribute more widely right mm -hmm. so um speaking of books I mean, what are your favorite books that you've read i'm um, sure you have I, a ton <laughs> yeah yeah so i actually like about five or six years ago i really uh went on the rabbit hole so i i've Right now, I, I read like three types of books. I read one, which is um, literature, American literature from the 50s and 60s of the Beat Generation era. Um, so I've been reading, I read that almost always. I always have like a Beat author in the rotation. I really like psychology books. So like right now I'm reading The Body Keeps the Score. I'm like the last person on the planet to not read that book. But it, it's been on my shelf for so long and I'm finally reading it. And then... I'll, the third type of book I'll read is kind of like the trending book that mm -hmm. comes from like a female author usually. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> I should read this. And it's a little bit more hip. So those are kind of my three, three trending ones. Like I just finished um, this book called The Other Black Girl. And that one was really good. And I read it because it's a part of like this book club in LA. So did that one. And then I just read a book called No One Is Talking About This. Also another like trendy one. So those are the things I read. Favorite books is probably like B era. Um, I love um, Recollections of My Life as a Woman by Diane De Prima. It's one of my favorites, actually. Just read it maybe like three or four months ago. That one's really good. Um, there's this one book called uh, How Emotions Are Made by Lisa Feldman Beret. I'm going to say her name wrong. <laughs> Barrett Beret. Um, that's one of my favorite like psychology books on the brain and um neural pathways and the way we kind of like communicate to the world and actually while I was writing Building You Up I was reading a lot of psychology books um, mm. to make sure that I was never um, not that the book is educational in a psychological way but I thought it was helpful to um, try to understand things about the brain while writing about kind of like mental health episodes and issues so that yeah. I could try to find language that was communicated better, um, but not necessarily like I'm depressed because when you're a teenager, most of the time you don't really know 
what it is or you try to like self-diagnose or something um you just know that you feel like kind of crazy so i wanted to make sure that <laughs> i was kind of uh doing my best to um be delicate about language and also accessible yeah i mean that's good i mean i think all writers need to research what they're writing about so they have some right. knowledge of what they're talking about otherwise you just sound uneducated and, and it's very transparent and you can you can see that almost immediately you know it's yeah. not like it's not like science fiction's you know back in the 40s and 50s where nobody knew anything you know? right yeah but the other thing is like everything is going to influence everything mm -hmm. you might not necessarily try to insert it but somehow the themes in your life or what you're taking in will only add to the 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 density of your characters of your plot line of your details somehow it'll sink into you it's like the more you take in the more you can put out i think so yeah. i'm one of those people that really love like reading while i'm writing and also um love listening to music while i'm writing music like some artists don't like to listen to other music because they don't want to be influenced by it but i, I will specifically try to like listen to music i love and adore so that I can make sure that I'm putting out the kinds of things that I would love and adore, <laughs> you know, not copying. <laughs> Hopefully I'm not copying. That's usually a mod podge of like, you know, different eras sure. and whatnot. But I always try to take the best of the things that I love and put them into the project subtly. Yeah. It's hard not to be influenced when, when you're writing. I mean, cause I, I've written before, but I've never had anything published and whatever you've read, I mean, it does kind of come out into your, into your writing style. And you know, you're not even really aware of it until someone points yeah. it out and it's like, oh, this sounds like such and such, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's funny when people will also say, oh, this sounds like someone and you've never heard of that person before. Mm -hmm. And you're like, um, you go and listen to them and then you can't hear it at all, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and it, but for some reason that person has like kind of placed you next to them in some way. Like I used to get all the time that, I reminded people of Banks and I think it's just because we both have brown hair and brown eyes or something that people were like, you guys kind of look alike, so you sound alike. And I was like, I guess so. I guess That's that funny. makes sense. I don't know. Association is strong in the mind for sure. Right. <laughs> so have you considered turning your book into like a manuscript and like, you know, shopping it out there to become a turn into a film by chance? Oh, that's one of my like big goals is to get the book turned into like a like a basically a script and shop it around. That's one of my big things. Um, so John Waters is one of my favorite directors. And I'm always really inspired by his story because he was just making like really small budget DIY almost styled films for so long until finally they bought hairspray from him and he made like his first million dollars off wow. of his um off of hairspray which was you know actually kind of crazy at the time like it had you know um uh, I think it had like a transgender woman in it um which was, you know, right now we hear about more of that in the media, but back then that was unheard of. He never thought they would pick Hairspray because of like the kind of crazy characters in it. But yeah, they, they bought it, they turned it into a movie, turned it into like this crazy in and out, still on Broadway. So I'm never really just, or I try not to be discouraged about time um, because I do think things like books, um, if the right person kind of finds it or if you shop it around enough, 
long enough, it will find the right home. So I would love that. That's like my dream. <laughs> That's my number one dream, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of musical, doesn't really segue in, into uh, your soundtrack, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> let's talk about your music. You released your song, yeah. uh, You're So Blurry, which I love. It's, it's actually, I know you love that one. <laughs> yeah. It's actually what caught our attention in, um, how, how does that song relate to the storyline? I, I know it's like towards the end of the book. Yeah. Um, so basically when I was, um, writing the book, you know, once I realized the, the theme, the concept and how I was saying, I'm trying to insert a lot of like the feelings that I had when I was a teenager and dealing with mental health. Um, I, I looked back at a lot of stuff and I couldn't remember, um, like big chunks of being a teenager, uh, big, big chunks. Like they're just, you know, people, I would run into people from high school and they'd be like, do you remember that person? Or do you remember that time? And I would be like, no, like I just have so much memory loss from that period because it was like probably one of the most difficult times for someone who's like learning what mental health means and learning what depressive episodes are and depression is. And that's actually like a side effect of depression. It's memory loss. So um, it's just like, it's kind of heartbreaking, you know, this idea that you lose time when you're sad, <laughs> not or not just sad, but yeah. like under more or less. And this idea of like, you're so blurry was it's kind of about like memory loss but then on top of that when you're a teenager you know i was out there as a bad teenager i was drinking i was drinking with my friends and you know you drank to get drunk when you were a kid a kid when you were a teen or we did anyways and i don't remember that either (laughs) you know what i mean it's like i just feel like i lost so much of these precious years and times and the idea is like you're so blurry to me i wish i could replay I wish I could play back all of our memories. It's like, I don't remember so much of it. Um, and I feel like a lot of people, I mean, can relate not to maybe to the memory loss thing, but to this idea that once you're so far away from it, you're just like, oh, I, there are just so many pieces, you know, holes, spotters in the memories that you wish you could, you wish you could put back somehow. So yeah. that's what that one song is about. It's about not really remembering things right and wishing you could. Mm-hmm. right there in the words you know wish i could play back it's like i really yeah. do what i would do to have like a camcorder or something like find a secret camcorder and be able to play back like high school parties or like the first time you know i i was like with my boyfriend or something like i just wish i could i could recall some of those times but maybe they're better hidden i don't know <laughs> yeah i mean i i can totally relate because i i went through yeah. some stuff when i was younger and you know, my I didn't want to get into too much detail, but you know, I went from house to house and and didn't really exactly have the best like home life. Right. And so there were little parts of my memory where I I don't I couldn't tell you where stuff began and where things ended. And it wasn't towards the end of high school that I started to have like full memories of everything. That uh, wow. it's weird. <laughs> It is weird because you kind of think like, oh, maybe it's the way you can't remember it when you're a kid, but it's not because a lot of people can remember so much from when they were a teenager. And I'm just like, all I know is (laughs) I was always like, felt so crazy in high school, you know, like just so out of control of my emotions. And I just remember everyone always being like, 
oh, well, you're a teenager, you know, hormones, you're crazy, you know? But really it's like, yeah, your hormones and the culture shock of life hitting you, however it may be hitting you for the first time, you think people would be like, it's hormones, it's okay. Not, oh, you're crazy, it's hormones, or you're a teenager, you're so lucky, you're so young, you know? Really, it's like, oh no, you're so young, you need help, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the way yeah. we look at teenagers' problems is like so unrealistic and unhealthy, I think. It's like, if anybody can recall being a teenager, that shit probably sucked. I don't, oh, sorry, Chris. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I hope that, you know, one day, if I'm lucky enough to have kids, I will take some of those lessons I learned and apply them to like my teens when they're of that age and yeah. just be a little bit more gentle. I mean, shout out my parents. They're amazing. They were great. It's not their fault that, you know, there are chemical imbalances in people, you know, right. really, it just, it happens. It's just some people just have waves. It's just how it goes. So, but they were, yeah. they were lovely. They were, you know. We're from Queens, so they're insane, but they're great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, I, I, my escape was, uh, it was music, reading and skateboarding. And skateboarding. I did a lot of, I did a lot of skateboarding just, just that, and it was like my way of running, you know? Yeah. I think skateboarding is actually that for a lot of people, um, when they're teens, I guess it's like the distance you go. The independence that you have oh, i wish i could skateboard but <laughs> i'm i'm there's a reason i'm always sitting down <laughs> yeah yeah when you're creative you know it, you find yourself not doing other stuff i mean you're doing your thing you know <laughs> right 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 i'm doing i'm doing my thing yeah i just yeah I'm, I'm actually trying to be more active and i'm finding it very difficult <laughs> because i um I always like want to be in my room, so <laughs> I'm very much a homebody. When my um, when me and my boyfriend first started dating, he would like see my Instagram posts and stuff before we were dating, and he's like, "I always saw you like in your room. It looked like you never left." And I was like, "It's because I don't. <laughs> it's because I never leave my room. <laughs> I'm yeah. always just like tinkering in here. You know, it's like my safe space." <laughs> So uh, tell us about your background in music. How did that start for you? Because obviously you're more into writing, but somehow music was in there. Yeah. Um, so I've always sang. That was a big um, emotional release for me when I was a kid, even now. Uh, very therapeutic. So I always gravitated towards it. And then I... You know, I was singing so much and I guess people like my, my family, they noticed that I like, got good at it. So, you know, they would be like sing at the family parties and it became something that I like embraced and that I was proud of and then I worked on and I would just basically just practice at home. I never took any like vocal lessons or anything when I was younger and um, my aunt, uh, her aunt, my aunt Nadine, she was, well, I guess she's technically a second cousin but I, she's like an <laughs> aunt because she's older than me. Um, she was a singer in the 90s and she actually had a song on the radio which was like so exciting for really? you know wow. yeah for us as little kids and i saw her and i was like oh my god i want to be just like her you know i want to i want to i want to be that um and she actually when i was in the seventh grade she passed away oh. so that was like pretty devastating i was never i uh she lived in florida but and I guess we weren't, you know, I look back and 
I guess we weren't that close, but I just worshipped her. You know, like I just thought she was the coolest. I was always asking my mom about her, listening to her music, all that.、Um, so I, I just remember that was like a time where I also really like loved singing, and I was like, I'm gonna be a singer just like her, you know.、Um, and then I, I started like I always just wrote poems, and then I started humming melodies.、Um, and as I got older, I realized that I didn't play an instrument, and that I had like these songs. And I could sing, but I didn't really know how to like put two and two together because、mm-hmm. I had never gone to school for music or anything. And I remember I, I walked into like this little music school on the side of the road, and I went in and I was like, I have、um, you know these this song these ideas for this song, and、um, there was a his name was was John. He was like an instructor. I had pay- paid like out of my pocket. I was in college. I think I was like eighteen,、um, and I would pay for like these lessons. They were supposed to be vocal lessons, but they turned into like songwriting things where I would play the songs and he would put music to them. And then one day I ran out of money. <laughs> I couldn't afford them anymore. And、um, the owner of the music school, Veronica Sanchez, she or she got married. So I, I don't know her new last name, but Veronica. She actually ended up giving me like, I don't even know how many months of free lessons, just because she was just so kind. Because she just wanted me to like pursue being a musician, and she like took me to my first open mic and everything.、Um, mm. So that's when it first happened. So it was very untraditional. I still don't know how to play instruments very well, and I still don't really know what I'm doing in terms of like、um, composing. But I do write my own songs, and I write the instrumentation for it. But you know, I saw the other day Michael Jackson; he would compose his music based off of like voice notes. He、mm-hmm. would like compose entire sections, like from piano to guitar to trumpet, and he just like didn't know music, but he heard it in his head. So I could relate a lot to that. That I was like, well, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know that I'm doing something. <laughs> That's、yeah. Always kind of been my mo in art, even with the book. I was like, I don't know if I'm doing it right, but I'm gonna put it out. <laughs> I'm gonna、yeah. take it all away. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that. That was my first start with music. <laughs> well, that's pretty amazing. Because、uh, I, I, I always wondered, like, you know, did you do? Because all the artists today, they all. Write and compose, and they play, you、yeah. know, six instruments, and I'm like, oh my god, you know, every, I you know, know. <laughs> I, I just assume everybody does that. <laughs> I, I wish, I, I wish, but I've always been a a, a strange starter. So, <laughs> yeah. So, who does the music in your in your music?、Uh, so Mason Maggio, he goes by Souvenir. He actually、um, produces all of the music and pretty much all of it. I think there's like one or two songs that he didn't, but Yeah, he does like everything. He's kind of like a like a, one of my most cherished musical partners. Like we'll kind of work on sync stuff together, and、um, he's so talented. And I, I think the first time we actually had a session together, it was just like butter. You know, it was one of those things where I was like, "Oh, we're gonna work together a lot," and we've been working together now for like two years. Wow, is he there in、yeah. Los Angeles? He is, yeah.、Oh, he actually、cool. just put out an album today, which is really exciting, and you should check it out because it's really cool. Well, I definitely will.、Like、yeah. yeah, I'm on one of the songs. So, <laughs> oh, that's、yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. So、um, he obviously worked on building you up. Now,、mm-hmm. are all the songs in like chronological order? I didn't discover this until like way later. I'm like, oh, what's all this chapter stuff? 
And then Oh yeah. <laughs> then it finally made sense when you yeah. released your book and I'm like, "Oh, okay. So that's you're so blurry is chapter 26." So <laughs> uh, Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's chapter 21, right? Right? Oh, your memory is probably better than mine. <laughs> is it? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I don't know. I I mean, I I, f- I feel like I should be able to be like, "Yes, it's this chapter," but Let's see. It's chapter 23. We were both wrong. Oh. <laughs> okay. We were close, though. We were close. <laughs> we were right in the middle, both of us. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, originally I wanted to do one song for every chapter, but it was just um, too financially strenuous to do that because you have to oh get every God. song mixed and mastered. Um, and then in addition, you know, there's a vinyl record of the actual album and the process of getting like two different vinyl records pressed when it's kind of an expensive process in the first place. So mm-hmm. I had to more or less sacrifice a lot of the songs on the record and only keep tight to the ones that really meant the most to me, but were also the most atmospheric, I guess. Um, they held the most weight, I think, sonically and also aligned and felt cinematic. That was another big component of the songs that I kept. They all kind of felt like they could fit into a movie um, Mm -hmm. because that is a goal one day. So I wanted it to feel like, oh, there should be a movie for this because there's one like playing in my head, you know? (laughs) That's cool. Um, Yeah, I just saw that you had a a vinyl version. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I've been recently getting into vinyl. So any opportunity, (laughs) any opportunity to get to get vinyl record i mean i'm you know it's a little pricier than than you know just listening to spotify (laughs) yeah it is a collector's piece so i think and it's good to have for artists even for themselves like i'm i'm so excited that i get to have this intangible form because who knows what will happen to streaming and music online and YouTube and the internet and if it will be as easy to access your own music online one day I really don't know Um, so it's exciting that I will always have my own record and my own music from this time in my life because life is long you know CDs are out of style and I'm sure people thought oh well I have it here you know but I think vinyl records are hopefully fingers crossed something that will always be uh, you know keepsakes and vintage and exciting for people to collect and play and you know, harbor and all that. So, I mean, it did go away and then it made its way back, you know? Right. And the people that held on, do you think CDs will do that? I don't, (laughs) I, they just don't sound as good. You know, you put put in a CD versus listening to something off of Bluetooth. It's so much better, you know, off of Bluetooth. Yeah. That's a good point. But there, there is something about vinyl that just sounds, it does sound different. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that it's better I just like the having that tangible, you know, feel and, and owning something because, you know, you just you don't buy CDs or anything like that anymore. So it, it is nice to have something that you can keep. Even if you don't ever listen to it, it's it's good to have. <laughs> right. Yeah. I made this. <laughs> right. Yeah. So now that you've written both a book and released an album and, you know, that complement each other, do you find yourself brainstorming to do it again or what, what's your plan? Yeah. I, I hope that, um, I can keep doing it forever. Really. Um, I, I love writing books and I don't really 
see any reason why I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> so I'm yeah. hoping that the next project, um, whenever it may be, the next book and soundtrack will be, you know, bigger and better than the first time um, in terms of release and all that. But at the end of the day, I, I just enjoy doing both so much. It's like, why wouldn't I right. continue to create like these little worlds for if no one else but myself? For me, it's really exciting to be able to connect the pieces and I really like nerd out on it. On <laughs> This song is about this character and this one goes perfectly here and inserting a lot of the lyrics into the book and making it lyrical, but also a book, <laughs> you know, not yeah. necessarily a poem. So I'm actually, I mean, I'm working on right now just like a short EP of some songs um, in the meantime, kind of like experimenting with sounds. And I'm really hoping, uh, well, I realized that people often listen to musicians because there's this desire to learn more about the musician. And I don't do that like, like at all. Yeah. So I think I put, you know, entire pieces of myself into my book and my music. But I guess at the end of the day, it is about someone else. It's about these characters. It's about this world. So I'm hoping to put out an EP that actually tells a little bit of my own story, which mm -hmm. is terrifying, but also very exciting for me that I'll be able to <laughs> talk about myself maybe and i i never meant to do that i never meant to like you know divert the conversation <laughs> into a different world entirely but it just happened like that so now that you know people have kind of pointed it out like hey it'd be cool to learn more about you i'm like oh really me you know <laughs> i don't think it's as interesting as the book but just you know, in my room all do day. my best I know. I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure you want to know more? But I guess so. I guess people want to know. <laughs> I mean, you definitely have a niche. So you'd be the first artist to, to have a good, you know, book that's that people would want to read. You know, I mean, I, I think other people have tried to, but the, the book wasn't as good or the music wasn't as good. And you kind of have both put together that both products are good. So thank you. I think you have that, that. You, you have that going for you. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got decency. I, I can work with decency. <laughs> yeah. I can do a lot with that. <laughs> so have you ever considered doing like a different occupation or is this something that you've always wanted to do? Um, I, I mean, I think that for a long time, even for a long time, I, I think even not even within the year, I thought that it would kind of be impossible to just be like a full-time artist and writer. Um, and I've always done it just because I've enjoyed it. But I actually, I mean, I work, I work like other jobs to, I basically like work other jobs to do this <laughs> more or right. less. Cause I don't like to like put, um, I don't like to put like stress on music and writing because I love it so much. And I did that once and I totally lost my way and I didn't like the music and I didn't like the art. And I was, I don't really know who I am without those things. If I don't like that, then I've got a bigger problem, you know? Right. So I, for a while I was like, well, I'll just do this. I'll just work. You know, I, I, I've, do, I've done like marketing and social media jobs, which I have actually met so many amazing people doing that. And it's actually, I like it. It's enjoyable 
to be like a freelance marketing person. Um, but I, I think I was operating at one time from a place where I was like, well, it'll be impossible to be a full-time artist and writer. But once I released the book, I feel like it kind of like burst open these doors in my head in a way mm -hmm. where I was like, oh, I, I don't have to be like a struggling musician and writer. I can also just like be a writer. So I, I'm hoping that, um, I can do other things with writing um, that aren't necessarily be even being an author, you know, like maybe writing mm -hmm. for magazines or screenwriting, things like that. But um, I, I hope like maybe one day I can be a professor, um, things along the lines of books and writing. So uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I hope I, I, you know, see the light long enough to have my career do many backflips and forward tumbles and you know evolve into different things I, I hope it would be super lame if it didn't you know <laughs> be like I want yeah. my money back if I, if I can't have a have a, a versatile career you know <laughs> well there's definitely a need for gifted writers especially for like publicity writing and like you know newsletters you know, I mean there's all all sorts of things that you can do or even I, teach yeah. Yeah. yeah I would love to you know teach the the beat generation to other lovers of, of that. So who knows, who knows? <laughs> but I mean, I, I, I'm honestly like pretty bad at math, pretty bad at science, <laughs> pretty bad at like, uh, you know, most things <laughs> besides writing and yeah. <laughs> music and even marketing. I think it, it actually can be pretty creative or the side I'm on. So I have never actually considered doing anything like besides like this. Um, because I'm just not good at anything else. <laughs> so you got to do what you're good at. I've heard, you know, so you can make yeah. some money. So. so besides reading and making music, uh, what, what do you like to do, you know, outside of that? Um, I really like to cook. I'm not very good at it, but I like the, I like the, the part of it being off my phone and laptop completely. I really enjoy doing that. Um, I just started doing Pilates. I'm also not good at it, uh, but I really enjoy it. <laughs> and um, what else do I do? Um, hmm. Um, did I say reading? <laughs> did I, say I think that's obvious. Okay. Um, I'm like really trying to think of like what I do today. Um, I like to, this sounds like corny, but I, I do like to talk on the phone with my family. That's not really something that's like a hobby, but I think as you get older, it is something that you need to like remember to do um, frequently in order to stay connected with like the important people in your life. Right. Um, so that is something I genuinely like to do is I like to keep up with like my family or my friends who aren't necessarily by my side, um, but that mean a lot to me. So there's nothing like calling your grandma, you know, it's one of my faves. <laughs> I like, yeah. to, like to see what she's up to. Sounds silly, but you know, I'm trying to be better about that actually. It's like maintaining relationships that aren't necessarily like a part of your like work hustle, but they're important. So. Right. Of course. I mean, they're, they're family and then they're not going to be here forever. So got to stay in contact, especially with all this COVID stuff happening. It's not like you can get on a plane and just go everywhere you want. I mean, it is loosening up and we can, we can travel a lot more now, but. Right. Yeah. yeah. I know I do. I, it's hard, you know, being in LA and being from New York because it, it's, a, it's, everyone's like, oh, it's only five and a half hours, but it's really more like a whole day of travel. And um, yeah. it, it's tough, you know, it's tough to 
find that time away from your real life to go back somewhere. Um, and it's, it's easy to be homesick for a place like New York um, because there's just so much diversity there from the food to the people, to the amenities, to like classes, musicians, locations, nature, like museums. There's just so much there um, that I've grown so familiar and attuned to. And mm. when I'm in LA, I'm like, oh, I'd kill to be just walking around the Met right now. I know that sounds cliche, but I loved going to the museums in New York. So yeah, I miss it a lot. I was, gonna, I was just thinking like you're describing LA, but everything is so spread out that you know, to go right. from place to place, it takes a whole day. So it's, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love LA and I, I love the nature and it's, um, I mean, growing up in Queens, like I have this thing, I, I like hate walking because I would have to walk in New York constantly. You know, you don't yeah. drive there, you walk from train to train. So when I got to LA, I was like, I'm driving everywhere. Like I'm over, I'm not taking a single train anymore. <laughs> I was so, so tired of like the public transportation and walking that I, I'm definitely like, I spoiled myself. I was like, I am not walking anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I really don't leave my room. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I was in LA for a year without any vehicle transportation. So I was, you know, I had a pass for the red oh, line man. and that, that was difficult. And, and, you know, even, you know, like my wife, she didn't have uh, a car at the time either. So we literally oh, took the train everywhere. We even went to Knott's Berry farm on the train and that was like a whole day experience. <laughs> I know. Oh, I mean, God. Yeah. You can get around, but it just takes a lot longer. And so you know that i guess i appreciate having a car now and you know and that that Me too. <laughs> it just it just you just appreciate things once you have the the amenities that you need to have you know yeah but. and obviously you know people talk about like the weather a lot but i do think that it's really conductive for making art um because in new york i don't know a single person who isn't suffering from seasonal depression <laughs> most people are like i miss the sun it's freezing you're shaking yeah. on a you know a, a subway platform and in la um you, you just have like this kind of blank palette when it comes to the seasons that you know <laughs> emotions they come in waves but not the way in, in new york where it's kind of demands you to feel a certain way right. um kind of and you know i it's hard to write a happy song in a snowstorm in queens <laughs> Personally. Yeah. yeah. You got four seasons over there. You in LA you get three. Sometimes just Kinda. two. <laughs> well, fire season. That's I yeah. think this must yeah. be a season at this point, right? <laughs> well now that everything's opening back up, do you have any plans for the rest of the year? Or are you gonna do some traveling or are you just gonna work on projects? Um yeah. So I'm hoping to put together a couple of events for the book. Um, hint, hint. <laughs> I'm trying. I am planning those right now. So trying to do like kind of book signings and performances and I'm trying to figure out where they would be um, and the best way to go about them. But as far as traveling, um, I hope to go back to New York and have some, you know, quality time with my family, but nothing yeah. too crazy planned, honestly. Um, I I really would like to, I've been working on another book and I would love to 
finish that so that I can kind of become, you know, begin another phase of everything. But I'm going to New York uh, next month actually for a music video. So I am excited for that. Oh, okay. That'll be fun. Yeah. So new, new stuff coming. But nice. I'm independent. So I kind of just go on my own pace, you know? I, I have like, I don't have any like buddy pounding down my door being like, we want new music. So <laughs> I'm just kind of chilling most of the time. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, do my own thing. Take advantage of the fact that I don't have like a, you know, team hounding me for visuals or something. And I just, I just take it as right. it comes. Yeah. Cause you don't, you don't have a, a, a label banging, you know, knocking on your door, demanding stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. And be like, you need to get it out before Coachella. Like everything needs to come out before certain seasons yeah. and stuff. And it's like we need two more albums by the end of the year. I know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't have that problem right now, so that's good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe one day I'll want to have that problem, but I'm okay right now. So, yeah. yeah. Um, you just mentioned you're going to work on a video out there. Mm-hmm. Is is it the same director, or or is that a different? Director? Yeah, so it'll be um, with Zoe Craft, uh, who does like all the music videos. Um, but this will be for um, a new song on an e- a new EP. So cool. you know, kind of done with the book soundtrack. And we're trying to step it up a little bit. You know, we had a certain style going, but we're trying to um, step more into, like I was saying, a little bit about myself. So maybe try to interpret more of who I am into the video. And we're, we're, you know, we're shelling out for a couple of upgrades. So I'm really hoping that people will be excited by like a new era, more or less. Um, And I'm excited for the video because it's going to be a lot more personal and fun and not so much about communicating emotions that aren't um in a book but rather just like myself so very cool yeah i was gonna make a compliment about your music videos and and you know commend the director because i really enjoy the music videos and i whenever i watch something of yours i just i find myself watching from beginning to end you know i have a very short attention span if it isn't compelling you know (laughs) So, yeah, yeah. Same. thank you yeah she's so talented she's actually primarily an editor so oh, i okay. think she's really good at pushing along yeah. storylines and keeping people engaged because that's kind of the 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 timing is the whole thing about editing so i really couldn't have gotten luckier with a creative another creative pr- partner it's just somebody who really understands like um story stories like story writing almost it's just in right. a different medium so yeah video editing is a whole like you know it can make or break anything like oh yeah yeah so th- i'm slowly learning how to edit and sometimes it's oh, I'll, cool. ha- I'll have that i'll have that feeling of like i'll have you know good editing but it's it's not natural to me you know <laughs> right <laughs> which is right. why this show is kind of like long format. It's it's uncut. It's unedited. So it, I kind of like it that way because all the mm-hmm. shows that I listen to or watch, I mean, you know, no one really does any of the 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 jump cuts. So right, yeah, I I mm-hmm. kind of don't like that. I just like having the raw format and just listening to people ramble. <laughs> Podcasts are comforting. <laughs> yeah, so it just sounds like you're just eavesdropping into a conversation that's interesting. You know, yeah, yeah. I agree. <laughs> well, Alex, um, I think that's all the questions that I can I have for you today. Unless you have some news you want to share, or you know, talk about something else. Um, no, 
just that building you up is out <laughs> it's available on amazon and indiebound and also on my website by and the vinyl soundtrack is out there it has exclusive songs that are not available online has oh, okay. like two or three songs um that are only on the vinyl record so if anybody wants to like figure out <laughs> the other chapters and songs they're there um and that hopefully i'll have some like events that people can you know come out to soon which would be really awesome so stay tuned that's all yeah, i got was, for you <laughs> that was my next question if, if you're going to do any live performances or anything um definitely this like september september is when i'm going to start start kicking up some some rocks very cool well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was such an honor to have you here and talk about your book and your music. It's definitely uh, a rare thing, you know, to, to come across someone with that that much talent. So, thank you. Uh, I really yeah. appreciate that. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. And um, yeah, I look forward to any of your future shows and hopefully you'll be in a, a book signing that I can actually attend. And Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that would be awesome. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And uh, you take care of yourself and we'll thank stay in you. touch. Oh, and I, I just signed up for your newsletter. So if, oh. <laughs> yeah. So if anybody's watching, nice. sign up for a newsletter that we stay in touch. Yes. Yes. New book, song and product pick every product slash thing every month that we keep up, keep the dialogue going. <laughs> cool. All right. All right cool. <laughs> you take Bye. care. Bye. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for watching this episode of KGUP Presents. Be sure to follow Alex Aller by clicking the links in the description. And if you haven't already done so, hit the, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode of KGUP Presents. And if you love this show, you can support us by purchasing a t-shirt, hat, or even a sling bag. Just go to www.kgup1065.com forward slash shop. The link is also in the description. Thanks again for watching KGUP Presents. This is Mikey J. I'm out.